sucker. Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt. I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about The Lost Boys, the vampire movie that brought vampires into the modern age, all the juicy 80s tropes that came with it, and Cry Little Sisters. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Post Credit Podcast. But then you see him in this role, and he's kind of a little bit more serious. Well, and when he was the voice of Donatello in the first Ninja Turtles movie, he was just like kind of a skater. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, having, I don't know, like, it's also kind of funny because, you know, both those kids grew up together. You know, Corey Ham, Corey Feldman, and, uh, you know, uh, what, Corey Ham, did he kill himself or? I think he overdosed. Drug drug overdose. I think what it was is a drug overdose. Okay, um, and that that was actually just recently, um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, to to get into what we're talking about today, today we're talking about the Lost Boys, um, you know, in in honor of uh, Joel Schumacher who actually passed away in June, um, we decided to do this this episode on the Lost Boys, and um, this is a, uh, a a childhood movie that we kind of both grew up with, right? Yeah, I mean. It, it was kind of one of those ones that was always, you know, present, and you know, it what you knew it wasn't scary, but it was also kind of rated, you know, rated R. So I mean, we were, you know, I was maybe six, yeah, yeah, six when it came out. So um, you know, mom and dad wouldn't let us watch that, <laughs> but know, we watched it. We anyway. watched it anyways. But but still, you know, it's it, it's a classic movie. It's a, it was kind of scary at the time. You just at gave that away age. your age. Yeah, well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But you know, it, it was just it 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 was it was kind of a scary movie at the time. You know, and I mean, it was a little freaky. You know, especially seeing you know ha- half these people that you know with vampires because you got to take in a, an account with what type of vampire this was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because before this, I mean, you had all the old school vampires. This was the first movie to actually bring vampires into like the 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 new generation, the MTV generation, or whatever yeah, they, they call they it, were, make them sexy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it was like it was like you know they were trying to say that you know somebody from you know uh, what are these stupid hair bands. Uh, uh, like Guns Twisted and, Sister, yeah, or something like that, you know. And they were like, "Hey, let's make make them into vampires." Well, they even mentioned they uh, one of the Frog Brothers when they kill, uh, or when them and the dog kill the uh, blonde one. They were like, "We we killed that Twisted Sister looking yeah. vampire <laughs> upstairs." And they're like, "Well, Nanook did, but yeah. we have, you know." <laughs> but it was like it was like bad hair, you know, bad hair, uh, bad hair band vampires, you know, and a young, a very young Kiefer Sutherland. In this film, and um, he had just come off of Stand by Me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's kind of what he got casted for. He was in uh, uh, another role. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. Um, I know he did. He did like some some Canadian films and uh, maybe even some plays. But I know he did. Uh, um, is he Canadian? Uh, I can't remember. I know. I think he is. I think him and his dad both are. But I think what he wanted to do was kind well, of make and, a name for and, himself. And so he was doing right. Canadian films without any help from his dad, even though he had the last name. Yeah, and his dad's Don- Donald Sutherland. If you've seen, like, The Italian Job or something like that, then you know who he is. And uh, wasn't he on the the Supergirl movie? Who's that? Donald Sutherland. In the, super, the very first Supergirl movie? Yeah. I don't think so. 
No, there, there's. I'm, I'm probably thinking of somebody else with that. Yeah, one. Uh, I forgot what they, that dude's name. Uh, that's not Peter O'Toole. Gosh, he's a he's a real classic actor. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, this movie, uh, The Lost Boys. Um, it's uh, like I said, it, it brought the vampire um, genre, the ba- vampire movie, in, into kind of the new age because before this. It was always just, you know, dusty old Transylvania uh, vampires. And, you know, there's a couple things here, uh, a couple movies here and there, but nothing that really blew up like this. Um, Lost Boys came out in 1987. It was directed by Joel Schumacher. Uh, it was written by uh, Jan uh, Fisher or Janice Fisher, uh, James Jeremias. Um, <clears throat> both of them uh, had talked. Jan Fisher was actually a writer on The Golden Girls. And uh, she uh, had a conversation with her friend James Jeremias, and he had talked about how the reason that um, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys never age, never grow up, and Peter Pan always comes out at night and all that. He was mm-hmm. saying, oh, it's because they're vampires. And she's like, oh, well, that would make, make a good movie. So, um, you know, she started writing this, included his name uh, for his idea and everything. Um, and they wrote this as like a PG movie. So uh, basically the, <laughs> the, the kind of tagline when they were all pitching it is basically uh, Goonies Go Vampire. Yeah. You know, uh, the premise was, you know, Goonies age kids, you know, 10 to 13 year olds, um, you know, fighting vampires, you know, you know, fifth graders against seventh graders or something yeah. like that, you yeah. know. Um, so it was just supposed to be kind of this, um, you know, uh, about Peter and and uh, and the Lost Boys. But then it kind of uh, and, and they were going to bring Richard Donner on because um, he had just come yeah. off of the Goonies. But then he got the job to go do Lethal Weapon, so uh, he just took an executive producer role in it. And um, they eventually got Joel Schumacher on in there, and he wanted to make it more sexy. You know, he's all about bat nipples and everything like that. Yeah. He wants to make things sexy. Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, uh, they, they kind of revamped the script. Uh, he convinced the studio to let them uh, bring the ages of the uh, all the all the, the cast up to uh, teenagers yeah. and to make it darker and make it an R-rated movie yeah. instead of a PG-rated movie. And then they, they brought in uh, Jeffrey Bohm, who also has uh, writing credits on it as well. He's the one that kind of, you know, spoofed it up to uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, teenage. teenage well, well, and if, if you imagine, you know... Um, the with the Lost Boys from Peter Pan, you know what I mean? They're they're all usually pretty rugged and you know and and wearing you know there's no no mothers, you know that's a big thing, you know no mothers and no no fathers to really teach them how to wear wear and dress and you know that, so that came into that effect and then even even the head vampire actually was uh, kind of very uh, clean cut, you know and and. And, uh, you know, was very professional and this and that. And, you know, because later on you do find out that he is a lead vampire. But, yeah, he's, he's kind, kind of like a, a red Peter herring. But yeah. then he ended up being a double red herring. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, he, man, you, you see him nowadays and he's got the full beard, you know, yeah. that actor. And, and he's, uh, he's a pretty good actor. But it what I liked about this movie a lot is just because it, it, it kind of personifies, you know, the 80s on the west coast you know what i mean mm-hmm. or, or you know the 80s on the beach you know uh uh what, what was it like santa monica pier yeah, well it was santa carla santa carla um, there we and go they had filmed uh, in uh santa monica which which was kind of like the murder capital of the world yeah. and uh and there was a nearby town called santa clara and so they kind of just messed with the name a little bit and made their own fictional town called uh, uh santa carla but that's you know i mean that's that's what you you know you imagine growing up on these you know beach towns 
you know, where it's got the pier and then they have all the games, you know, like the carnival games and stuff like that. You know, it's kind of a personification of that time period, you know, in that place or that type of place. You know what I mean? It was and I love the fact that they had a comic book store on the pier. You know, I thought that was just awesome. Yeah. And I said Santa Monica. I meant Santa Cruz. Okay. Uh, that that was the that was what was okay. considered the murder capital of the world because at that point they did have uh, like I think it was like three serial killers that had killed something like sixteen people or something like Jeez that um, up to that point so they were all the the the, the city of uh, Santa Cruz which which they filmed in um, they they were already stuck with that tag and they didn't want this to be associated they liked the script but they said yeah you can do it you can film it here but you can't call it Santa Cruz yeah, yeah so yeah. taking a cue from the nearby Santa Clara they named it Santa Carla but and do you and do you realize that you know again like a lot of these these beach towns and things like that you know the houses are usually kind of you know uh made the same way and same design mm-hmm. back in the 80s you know i mean it just kind of brought it back with the leather jackets you know yeah. and the 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 bad hair and and uh you know i mean and did you know that this movie was filmed in 3 weeks i didn't know that yes that's 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 very quick filmed in 3 weeks See, but when it, you think it, about it i mean there's a lot of movies i mean you know, you, you hear some of the shortest time schedules are like two months or whatever, and yeah. sometimes it's four to six months or whatever for bigger movies. Well, if you think about it, you know, I mean, the the only scenery in the entire movie is, you know, at the house, at their grandpa's house. The boardwalk. Uh, the boardwalk and um, the, the cave, cave yeah. you know. So, I mean, really just three places that they had to film. So, if you think about it, you know, as long as you can get, you know, some of these actors... I, I guarantee you that the the and the Corey's. cave the cave and the interior of the grandpa's house were both sets that they built. Yeah, yeah. So the only like on location type shots that were besides like the exteriors of the house and the yeah. cave is the boardwalk. So yeah. I mean that's like a really on location thing. And right. you know I guess the cast had tons of fun. You know Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, they were younger. They enjoyed riding the rides and yeah, stuff. Well, in you also tank. know this is the first film with them together, right? Right, right. This started the whole Corey trend with the two Corey Corey's. Corey's. Yeah, before uh, a string of uh, personal and professional, bad professional and personal choices uh, uh, led them down a different road. Yeah, but then we're also were, finding out nowadays that uh, Corey Feldman's telling a lot of people about a lot of different things well, that happened to them. It's the whole pedophilia thing that's yeah. that's erupting in Hollywood mm-hmm. now, and you know it's you disgusting. got you got certain people who we won't mention that are uh, seeking citizenship in uh, in in Greece and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, you got. It sounds like a lot of people are nervous, so there's got to be a lot of legitimacy to it. I mean, I, I'm 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 hoping that it's you know it's not as as prevalent as you know. It's pretty bad told. from what I hear. I, I know, I know, but it just it's just it's gross to think about it, you know, because I mean, like you, we grew up with a lot of these actors. And it's tragic for these kids. Too. Oh, oh, extremely. That's that's the most important thing, you know, is is what it's doing to the kids. But you know, I mean, we great we grew up with all these actors, you know, and 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 watch their films and things like that and then we're just like you know this is just this happens you know I yeah mean, and like in an interview i mean even Kiefer Sutherland was was asked but like what was it like working with Corey Haim and you know he was like you know this guy was so talented and see him come off these different projects yeah um but he he mentioned how even then they were all worried about kind of uh, he was being uh taken care of or uh, his interests yeah. were being watched over in the right way and everything right. so even kind of then i think that there was some kind of suspicion that uh, things weren't going good for uh, Corey Haim and the and the people that had uh, you know his interests in their hand. Yeah. Well, and you see, it's it's happening with all these you know child actors and things like that. You know, where um, it, it's it's pretty cool because you know with this film, 
It did have, uh, what, two more movies afterwards? Uh, the Tribe and The Thirst. And The Thirst. Yeah, I've seen The Tribe. I haven't seen The Thirst, but but uh, I wouldn't recommend watching They both have 0% on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Not that, not that we really give much credence to the aggregate scores, no. but... You know, they're, they're pretty, I mean, they were direct to video, and the only reason they made a third one is because the, the second one did make some money off of, uh, <laughs> I think, just off of nostalgia. I guess. With, with you know, all the, all the people in there. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, all the people in the, the 80s, the, uh, the, the the people that grew up with the Lost Boys, you know, yeah. it's that nostalgia or whatever. Yeah, well, what'd you think about, you know, um, the casting for, you know, the female lead? Well, I mean, we can uh, get into the casting. The, the, not, not the mom, necessarily. So so, so the female lead is uh, Jamie Gertz. Um, a lot of people know her from Twister. Twister, right. yeah. I, told, I, I was telling my wife that. I was like, I was like, hey, do you recognize her? And, and she's like, that's that girl from Twister. And I was like, yes, it is. Yeah, but a lot of people, like, like you know, th- that's the thing that, like, she's, I guess, you know, more more known popular for. But, I mean, she had, she had done... Uh, a bunch of uh, different movies. Uh, not not a lot of real famous before things. Before this one here, or? No, yeah, before this and after. Um, it's just that, you know, she never really blew up or anything. Um, she actually only got this role because she was in a film. What was it called? No, it wasn't a film. It was a play. She was in a play with Jason Patrick, the lead of this film. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were in a play a- together. A lead in this film. Right. And he had uh, he had a crush on her. Really? And so what happened was Joel Schumacher wanted the the lead uh, female to be like this pixie girl, you know, this waif, like this real short hair, blonde waif. And they were just, they were they were auditioning, and and nobody made sense. And then Jason Patrick's like, you know, what about what about Jamie Gertz? You know, yeah. um, uh, you know, he, he had a crush on her, and she was a, a good actress and all that kind of stuff. So they brought her in. She pretty much automatically got the part after that. Which, um, if if you notice, she hardly had really any dialogue throughout the whole movie. She didn't, but it's been. I, I've looked at this, and I haven't confirmed it, but I, uh, from what I've read, it's been said that Kiefer Sutherland actually has the least amount of lines in this film, but his are like the, always like the closing of the yeah. scene, the puncture. He had the coolest lines, yeah, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, I, if you want somebody to deliver some lines and you know, I like the, I mean the looks that he gives and the the voice of his like he was absolutely perfect for this role. Yeah, and and what's what's crazy about that too is that he um you know again having a, a famous father like that, you know, and none of these actors really you know were famous yet. You know, even the, even the Corys were not famous. You know, they were looked at as okay, well th- this guy's from the Goonies, you know, and you know, when he was a lot younger or whatnot, you know, or, or was it, was it before it was Goonies before or after I think Goonies was, was before, before this. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a uh, uh, stand by me, which is where yeah. Kiefer came from. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, just seeing, you know, some of these, uh, there's no real big name actors except for, I would say at the time, Kiefer Sutherland, just because of who his dad was. He was, know? he was emerging and everything. And obviously there was his dad, you know, uh, Donald Sutherland. He, he'd done like straw dogs and all kinds of, I mean, he, yeah. he had, he had some, he has a, a, a filmography that, you know, goes back quite a bit. And he, he's uh, just played some amazing characters over the years. Yeah, he's made his bones, you know? Yeah, and he was actually Donald Sutherland actually in another vampire movie called, uh, Buffy the Vampire oh, Black Slayer. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Black. <laughs> no, remember he was the guy who had the Merrick, uh, the one that yes, trained Buffy. I, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Him versus Rutger Hauer or whatever. But yeah, um, I, I think the, the most the most 
I would say the most popular. I um, love Buffy, by the way. I'm, I'm just going to say that out. I know you do. I love the TV show. I love the movie. I mean, I watched both of those things, and the great movies. Yeah. The the great veterans great. That, that were well-known in this movie, it was Diane, definitely Diane Weist, uh, Bernard Hughes, uh, who played Grandpa, uh, Diane Weist that played the mom, Lucy, and Edward Herman, who played She Max. looks so young in this movie. She does. She does. And she plays a, uh, you know, an ex-hippie. Um, yeah. who's kind of coming out of the 60s and 70s and everything. My, Michael, Jason Patrick's character was going to be called uh, Moonbeam. Moon, Moonbeam or Moonshine yeah. <laughs> or some stupid thing like that. But Star's good. That's what Star. he said. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, w- w- the little boy vampire was what, Laddie? Yeah, Laddie, uh, played by Chance Michael Corbett. Uh, the, the cast for this, uh, you had Jason Patrick, who's the lead uh, in Michael. Um, Corey Haim plays his brother Sam. Diane Weist, as we mentioned, played their mom. Bernard Hughes is the grandpa. Uh, Edward Herman plays a uh, video store uh, or a videotape uh, store owner. Um, Kiefer Sutherland as the main uh, the main head of the vampires. David um, Jamie Gertz as star. Uh, Corey Feldman and Jason uh, Jameson Newlander as Edgar and Allan Frog, respectively. And that that's they they tick those names off of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, to name those two characters, and then you have a few others. Um, I didn't th- even think about that. Yeah. And holy cow. Yeah, and so they they and they have a few others that played uh, the uh, other vampires. Most notably, probably though, is Alex Winter as Marco, who also we know as Bill from uh, Bill and Ted. Yes, yes, uh, which we which we, is coming. It is coming. But we, we want to wait until the new movie comes out, and then we're going to review the three movies as one episode. I'm excited about that. I, really I am, am too, and I think that that might be the last episode of this season. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, th- I think that's what we're planning. We're just waiting out because that movie comes out August 28th. Um, so we're just waiting for that to come out. But um, this movie follows Michael, um, Sam, and Lucy, played by Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, and Diane Weist. Um, they come to town uh, to move in with uh, uh, Lucy's ma- uh, dad, um, just known as Grandpa in this film, never yeah. given a name. Or Pops or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, never given a name or anything. But she's just been divorced. Um, and as he says in the the movie, you're you're the only woman I know that is worse off after a divorce, um, because apparently she just wanted to get away from it, so she didn't get alimony, she didn't get child support. I mean, they just took off and they got divorced, took off. She didn't have anything wow. except for the thing, the the boxes that they had in their car, and so she moved in with him. So she's trying to start a whole new life. They moved to uh, Santa Carla, which is uh, as Michael sees on a spray painted on a billboard when they murder come in. Capital. It's the murder capital of the world. And they they start to get a sense that some weird things are going on but the movie opens up aside from the amazing song cry little sister <laughs> by uh gerald mcmahon uh, also goes by g uh, i think g tom mack or something like that he wrote this movie for the uh the or he wrote this song for the movie cry little sister and he had never he hadn't seen the movie all he had was a script and he wrote it basically about a child who longs has, for, he, has he done anything else that no, you, no and, really? he, and all he's really done over the years so is remix is remix that same right, song right, over and over yeah. he loves the song as much as we do and he likes to remix it but yeah. he uh, he basically wrote the song about a child who longs for a family and everything which kind of yeah. goes along with the, the the lost boys and the, this this movie but um, such an amazing song it was recently redone by Marilyn Manson um, Lucas sent me that Luke uh, that link um, uh, oh, okay. a couple of years ago and uh, it's pretty good it's a pretty good version of it I mean it, it's one of my favorite songs of all time and every time I hear it I just get goosebumps I love it the choir the children's choir and all that I mean you they brought in NXS and a bunch of different other bands to do songs for the movie yeah. and they thought and they even did a music video for one of the bands and it just did not pop like yeah. Cry Little Sister has I mean I think Cry Little Sister has much of a cult following as the Lost Boys does right 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 
But anyway, so they move to town. Uh, the opening uh, after that song plays, you see David and his 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 three friends, and they're causing problems at the boardwalk. And afterwards, a security guard that kind of threatened him gets uh, gets uh, lifted off the ground, and uh, you assume he's murdered. And uh, that's how the, yeah. the movie kind of kicks off, and, uh, and and then it becomes all about uh, the vampire hunt. Yeah, and they, it, it, see, let's 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 kind of talk about that for a minute as far as the type of vampire film this one is because in every every film that has you know iteration of 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 vampire you know does a little different this one we're talking about you know they fly they can um this is the movie that made them cool yeah yeah before like that like i said it was like the transylvania vampire right right interview with a vampire the twilights all those movies that came afterwards it was thanks to lost boys yeah because you know what we're used to before was you know the the black cape the the suit or the the suit and tie you know black hair slick back hair you know pointy ears or whatnot you know you know that's that's our sleeping in coffins with their arms. Yes, yes. Taiwan to stock yeah. your blood. <laughs> but that's but that's the kind of vampire that we were used to before. Now this one, you know, they can fly. They you can't see them in the mirror. Garlic really doesn't do anything to them, and uh, but yet holy water does, I guess apparently. And uh, so well, it depends light, on the vampire. Right? They, they, it it kind of I, I was con- I've. I was kind of confused when watching it until I uh, I got to the point of explanation in the movie. And for years, you know, I had assumed that, okay, so, like, uh, garlic doesn't work for him, but, like, holy water does and steaks to the heart does yeah. and sunlight, right? Um, now, why uh, – towards the end of the movie, you know, we find out that the uh, the, the main vampire is actually Max, the, the guy that the uh, the mother has been dating. Yeah. and. Um, and but they had invited him in the house in the house early in the movie because they expected him to they, they they suspected him to be the right lead like vampire. right off the bat really I mean right. right off the bat yeah I mean he he was only they had only ever seen him at night all that kind of yeah. stuff um, and uh, I was I was wondering because I mean they gave him the garlic they gave him the holy water yeah. and nothing nothing happened yeah. to him but the other vampire burned up in the holy yeah. water yeah so I was like why didn't that affect him because the thought, dog came in and saved his life well you know? I, you know I always thought that it was just because he. Um, he was the head vampire, so he's just more powerful than the only thing that worked with a stake. But at the right. end, uh, he said, you know, when, when you, they were like, you know, you passed the test. How is that possible? But he said, you invited me in. And when you invited me in, it took all your yeah. power away. So yeah. holy water had no effect on them because they took their power away from him. Right. Um, and, and so that's how they explained that. But what I liked about this movie, and it was copied by uh, Buffy the show and Buffy the movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, was it by Buffy the movie? Uh, what this movie established was that they, they don't have to have vampire face the whole time or look like vampires. You right, know? right. Uh, they, they can just do what they want, and then they, they can turn their little vampire face on when it's time well, to if, feed, if, and that's what Buffy did yeah, in the show, but and, I don't think they did that in the movie. Well, um, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, they did because... So they could turn back and forth in the movie? Yeah, I believe so, and, and, and the thing was is if you looked at the type of makeup, they must have used the same people because... Well, Joss that, Whedon had said that, yeah. that they had based that off of Lost right, Boys because right. Lost Boys did it first. Yeah, but I mean, it's exactly the same between the two, you know what I mean? Yeah, like with the, the, the you, eyebrow bridge yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 got to been, you know, obviously he did get the influence from there, so... Yeah. Well, this movie, uh, it, 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 it starts off uh, like we had explained before. Uh, Michael uh, sees it goes to a concert with his uh, his brother, Sam. And uh, this has got to be the most 80s concert I've ever seen. Dude, did you get, see those chains and things hanging from his neck, you know, from around his neck? It's, you know, I'm just like, 
what is going on here? You know, I mean, uh, it couldn't have been that bad. But, I, you know, you look at some of these artists and, you know, they got more makeup than their roadies, you know, on. Yeah, uh, the the the, uh, the lead uh, singer slash saxophone player of this, this band that's playing on stage is Timmy Capello. And he was uh, actually the saxophone player for Tina Turner. That's why. And I believe he was just as shirtless on stage with her as he is in this movie. But oh, he was proud. He was very uh, proud. I know. Yeah, you know. And they they asked uh, Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland in an interview. Uh, you know, what was it like to watch that that being filmed and everything like that? And Jason Patrick's like, well, you know, I old, I oiled him up. And Kiefer Sutherland's like, yeah, and I filmed it. You know, so I kind of believe that. They all, <laughs> they they had a good joke about it, but you know. As as I mean, I laugh every time. I'm pretty sure everybody laughs every time they see the sex. Of, I mean, he, I got to give it to him. At least he goes for it. I mean, he's not he's not shy yeah. about it. I mean, he is. He knows who he is. He knows what see, he does. And even even back then, you wouldn't. You know, I still believe. I, I just can't believe people actually went to those concerts. That's what kind of surprises me because that was a, a thing. Oh know? yeah, I mean, I don't know if they had much choice. It's just the only thing playing on the beach. But I mean, I obviously they drew a big crowd and everything. <laughs> but uh, it's at this concert that he meets um, or that he sees Star. This is kind of a creepy scene. I mean, he's he, kind of stalking. Yeah, her. he stares at her like real creepily, you know. But it, then, but then she, you know, stares back at him like smiling. Right. They they make it normal and everything. But in real life, you you stare at a girl like that. It's gonna creep her out. I mean, I don't care. You know. I mean, maybe if you're yeah, you're, you're, you're Hollywood good looking, you know, you can get away with it. But I mean, typically, if you see a girl you like, you go and talk to her. At least see if she wants yeah. to talk to you before you just stare at her creepily and then follow her out. Follow her out. He follows her, and Sam is kind of tagged along, and then he splits off and goes to a comic book story. Uh, Michael finds out that uh, uh, Star is is with these bikers, with David and the other vampires. Um, of course, doesn't know that they're vampires right now. Uh, they get on their bikes, and you know they kind of race around. He gets in with their whole clique, and uh, um, we get to the scene of uh, when they're in this uh, sunken hospital, uh, which yeah. uh, or yeah. sunken hospital, sunken hotel yeah. from uh, an earthquake that happened a while ago or whatever. But that's like their lair; it's in a cave, and uh, that's when uh, they have this this scene about um, you know eating the Chinese food and that the, the rice is maggots and the worm or the noodles is worms and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know that is it, did you get like that maybe David had some kind of hypnotizing powers where he could make Michael think that that's what it was or what was going on there? You know, I mean, obviously it was kind of to help trick him into drinking the blood, and, and yeah. whenever she said it's blood, he's like, "Yeah, sure," because they had just tricked him twice. Right. So I mean, what, is that like a hypnotizing thing? What do you think? I don't know. I think I think it was just all about the visualization, you know, when you're thinking of vampires and you're thinking of, you know, it was to kind of I think maybe a, like almost a representation of death, you know, in, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like 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 he's kind of foreboding, you know, showing him these images somehow, you know, because this is what they are is death, you know what I mean? Cuz they're dead and and vampires, yeah, you know, point. I, I think maybe, maybe in a way it was just kind of a way to show them who they really are without having to show them like the vampire face, but you know, it's just kind of a, a, a representation of what they are. Yeah. Cause in this world, the rules of, of the van, cause you know, each vampires have different rules and different iterations and everything. So what it is here is once you drink uh, the vampire of, or the blood of what you, what we thought at the time was the main vampire. But once you drink that blood, then you're like half vampire. And you don't become full vampire until you make your first kill. And that's yeah. when there's no turning back. That's yeah. why David and, and his, his other three people, 
uh, his other three group, um, they, they, there's no hope for them. They've already turned. Yeah. They've already made their kills and stuff. They're va- they're full on vampires. But yeah. Star and the boy Laddie, uh, Laddie um, they they hadn't made their first kills yet. So there was still yeah. some hope for them to turn back. But they had to kill the the, the lead vampire. But if you, the if same you notice, thing with Michael. Yeah, and they, they didn't really like show her so much of being a vampire. Like you get to see Laddie. You know, she flew up to the window. That was about it. But she never right, changed her right. face. Right. But or but anything. yeah, you don't you don't really. I, I I was trying to think if I actually saw her change face, and it was almost like yeah, okay. There she was no up room there. for a powerful woman back in the eighties, uh, Andrew. Oh, really, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. No, but but you know, it it, it just it, it was kind of there was a silliness to the movie. Didn't you notice it? Did you notice that 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 it was kind of like um well it was playful. It was corny. It was a little corny. You but know? it still holds up to uh, it does. It does. But that's the thing is that a lot of vampire movies don't or even movies back from the 80s and I'm not just talking about the effects or anything like that, but the story was just so well uh paced so well written all the lines they all had you know all the characters had their you know, except for the other three vampires you know they all had like um you know depth to them even though there were so many different characters yeah. you know within the few minutes that we meet them and everything that you you get the sense of all the different characterizations of everybody nobody was really one or two dimensional you know you got some depth from it well except except for the the other frog brother he was very, but even him. I mean, they, it was both. I guess they're supposed to be kind of kindred. Uh, what what they did was like they had uh, Corey Feldman and this other guy watched yeah. like Rambo movies and Chuck Norris. So mm-hmm. basically, Corey Feldman is is uh, channeling uh, Sylvester Stallone, which you could tell when he talks like this. Well, and because he's got the red head headband as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's got the Rambo headband, so he was made to watch Rambo. The other guy is basically Chuck Norris, where he's more quiet, more reserved, yeah. and he. You know, he, he's focused on what he's talking about and everything like that. Yeah. Well, and, I, and you know, it, for it to stand up as well it, as it has um, is pretty epic. I think, in my opinion, that movies made in the 80s were the greatest movies uh, so f- thus far. The Maybe greatest that's period. Probably because that's, that's our childhood. Yeah, that, that is our childhood. 80s I and can, 90s. But, but, I mean, you get, you, get, you get movies like this. You get movies like Karate Kids. You get movies like... The Goonies. The Goonies, you know. Uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, uh, Terminators, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You know, I mean, you, you, the classic movies that now nowadays, you know, for the past 20 years, really, you know, people just been continuing to copy. Yeah, like Little Monsters, that probably doesn't hold up as well today. That's the one with... Uh, who was the host of that briefcase show? Oh, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. Yeah, yeah. he played the the Mondo Bobby's Mondo. World. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll have to. Uh, that, that was a pretty good movie, but uh, yeah. I don't know if it, it would hold. But I mean, yeah, you have those classic movies that yeah. hold up for the most part today because yeah. you know there's not a lot of even in this movie there were special effects, but you know. But it's all camera work. Yeah, and they did. It's all in camera. They did a good job. Even with the flying, it didn't look too crazy. It didn't look like there was blue screen behind them or anything. They obviously did wires and all that. But it looked really good. Well, Uh, like, especially watching Jason Patrick, you know, when he first starts to float, like, I mean, you're just like, how did they do that? Because, I mean, they took him from inside the living room or inside the room to outside. Yeah. You know, it's like, how did they do that? You know, I mean, the, the. even though, again, you know, they didn't have CGI like they have it nowadays, you know, and, 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 you know, until basically, you know, George Lucas stepped up and said, you know, hey, we need to have some good effects here, yeah. you know, and, and, but just seeing stuff like that, you know, just the way that they use the camera work to make special effects that work that you can't, you know, 
you know, you don't run into the same problem, Justice League and Superman having a beard or not. Hopefully they're going to fix that next year, so we'll see. But, I you know, know. The, one, one of, the, one of the, the gripes, I guess, about this movie was the blood. The blood is very unrealistic. It's more it like is. a brown copper color. I think there was one moment where I saw that it was dark red. The rest of the yeah. time it was like this, this, this uh, kind of just like this brown goo. Especially yeah. when they killed Marco, uh, uh, t- uh, Bill from Bill and it, uh, Alex Winter, and it just got all over him and stuff. But what they did is they added silver flakes to the blood to yeah. make it pop on camera, to make yeah. it shine and everything. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, you know. And, Jay- and talking about the effects and a vampire movie and everything, Jason Patrick, I think he he turned this film down three times before he finally decided to do it. You know, Kiefer Sutherland is like, I just accepted. I was looking for any work I could. I was just starting yeah. out, and Jason Patrick's like, I probably should have accepted it because yeah. I was just I did I had no money you know they were both yeah. new actors and stuff but he kind of wanted to be a serious actor and you know he was worried about a vampire kids movie and all this so uh, but you know they convinced him to get in there I'm glad they did but you know he he, he hasn't he, done much he did a few things like sleepers that's probably my favorite movie of yeah. his yeah, uh, with Brad movie. Pitt and uh, Robert De Niro in it um, he was in Speed Two. I don't know yeah. why he turned down Lost Boys so many times, but went ahead and went for Speed I mean, 2, unless he turned that down a few times, yeah. too. But I, I'm a huge proponent and fan of Speed. have been my whole life. It was my favorite movie when I was younger, but that part two, that just, ugh, just wasn't as good. And no. then Keanu Reeves, they actually gave him the script, and he turned it down because he couldn't see Thank how God. it would make sense. Thank God. He was because, the only one. Because seriously, I mean, it's like you go from a, a bus yeah. on a road. And Sandra Bullock was going to turn it down, a too. Friggin', uh what cruise ship <laughs> yeah and i think sandra bullock was going to turn it down too but they they had said uh, if she came back for it they were gonna let her do something i can't remember what what the they probably was, they probably listed her name first was, in the, in yeah. the credits it was kind of a tit you know? for tat thing the way she came back but getting into this, this this vampire mythology here so they have to drink the blood to become half vampire and then they have to feed to become full vampire right right what was the and laddie is also is obviously she's not star's kid because they have a, he's on the milk carton missing, um, uh, you know, missing uh, child on the milk carton like they yeah, used to do. So yeah. he's probably a child that she just took under her wing once he got into this. What was the what was the need to make this kid a half vampire? I mean, obviously they would have had to give him the wine and have him go through the process. Right. That's one thing that maybe they they felt they had to have a kid because that's why Star was sticking around and everything, but. What was the reasoning behind making that kid a vampire or how fa- I, half vampire? I, I think it was just to, um, you know, because mem- remember the main main vampire guy wanted, Max. yeah, he wanted a family, right? He wanted a family, and so I I've got a real good feeling what ended up happening there. Oh, great, the blood sucking yeah. Brady Bunch. Yeah, that was my exactly. Corey Feldman impersonation. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> No, but, you know, like, he wanted a family. He wanted a, basically a family of vampires, probably to rule that whole area, just in, in that sense. And so that's why he wanted, you know, uh, what, a coven. the mother. Yeah, the mother to be the mother. And then, you know, Kiefer Sutherland probably got that girl for Kiefer Sutherland so that he would still do his bidding or whatnot, you know. And then probably got the child for the girl, that for Kiefer Sutherland, you know, that his character or whatever. And, and Maybe, I, but they mean they had made the point that all the, uh, the 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 vampires didn't seem that very interested in 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 any of the girls or star and everything. I know that point's yeah. been made, but I'm like, you know, they flirted with the girl on the carousel who had the boyfriend that they got into a fight with at the very beginning. 
and they flirted with a girl at the video store that worked there. But then, but, so that, but then know. you're then you're starting to look into the psychology of the vampires. I think they were more. I, I think that's just wanted deep. the blood and the, yeah. the feeding and everything. They they didn't they weren't looking for girlfriends. Or I mean, you think about you think about it. You know, it's not like they had a kid named George. You know, the kid's name yeah. was Laddie. Okay, yeah, it so, just threw me off so that why why they I would get that why they would be like because I'm I'm picturing the, him having to go through the same process Michael did to become half vampire. Obviously, yeah. they did it to Star. But then, yeah. then bringing this kid in and, and saying, "Here, drink some of this." I don't know. I, I just I'd have to like look at the process of it, that. That's maybe just something that you have to accept. I, I, yeah, exactly. You know, there's there's those things that you have to accept. You yeah. know, like 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 uh, the Terminator taking a motorcycle, jumping off of a bridge, and landing on the ground. You know, at least a hundred feet down, and wouldn't yet, pop those and, tires, no, mess pop, up the suspension. No, wouldn't nothing. do nothing. But and and have what you know, Terminator weighed about a thousand pounds. They, yeah. they they pointed that out. So I'm pretty sure that motorcycle would have blown up. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things you accept, you yeah. know. Or or like you know how uh, what was it? The MythBusters did. Um, they did a uh, a thing where they basically proved. A lot of these special effects, the things that happen mm-hmm. in movies, like you know, you th- you throw a match in some gasoline and just have this huge, massive explosion. Where in reality, you throw the match in the gasoline and it's just going to be put out. It's not the liquid that burns; it's the fumes. Um, so my question was, in in getting in this uh, at the beginning of this movie, you know, David and his um, his his three friends his three other vampires they come into a, a Maxis store and they're roaming around and you know he's obviously annoyed with them coming in because you know he doesn't want any connection to them you don't know that until later you think it's just oh they're hooligans get out of my store but really he doesn't want to be connected to them um but that's why he's like don't come to my store so they obviously meet somewhere else or whatever yeah. um but he they, they do that and it seemed like they're doing it just to to, to mess with them and then um, later but, on, but, they, but you notice, you notice they don't they don't rob anything from him. Yeah, but they, then they like, don't even really give him guff. But they kind of, they, yeah, they don't. But they, you know, obviously, you know, they they walk out and everything. And then later on, they throw the they 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 fly around his house and then throw that bat kite at him. And he's kind of like looking around. It's kind of obviously it's it's meant for the audience to think. Try okay, to he, he has nothing to do with yeah. them, and maybe they're messing with him too. But. When you see like that, they keep messing, throwing the, the the bat thing at him, and all this kind of stuff. And you get different things throughout the movie. You get the sense that maybe maybe they don't like him very much, and maybe David wants to usurp him. Did you get that sense? I, that's the sense I got. Or it could be, you know, he's like, "These are my boys. You have your family. These are my boys." Maybe it's just uh, a rebellious teen rebelling against his quote unquote father. I, I think it was more. I think it, again, you know. The, the way the director and the writer and everything, they, they wanted this to make basically look like they're the Lost Boys, right? And and then the 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 other the guy is the Peter Pan character. You know what I mean? So if you notice it's like they're they're stuck at a, a maturity level. That being said, uh, David's original name in the script was Peter and they changed it to David. So he was supposed to be like the Peter character. Even yeah. though you still had that guy that was supposed to be behind the scenes Call him Hook, yeah. Max's Hook, maybe or yeah. something. I don't know, but yeah, that was supposed to be Peter. Um, you know, going with the whole Lost Boys theme. And I, I kind of feel like it. You know, these these vampires, all of them, even Kiefer Sutherland. It, it was more, you know, more animalistic. They had more anim, a, animalistic nature. You know, it was it was 
they were kind of pretty much animals at the, at that point. You know what I mean? Like car, like like basically like carnivores in the wild. Yeah. Did they drink blood or did they actually eat the bodies? That's because you well, never see no, because all the missing posters are just missing. They never find any bodies. So right. I'm like, are they just like flying them into the ocean and dropping them in the ocean to Why get not? rid of them, or are they drinking the just drinking the blood, or are they eating the bodies? Because like afterwards, you know. It looked like they just left those guys at the yeah. campfire during yeah. the walk this way scene mm-hmm. when they fed and everything. Um, looks like they didn't do anything with the body, so I, mean, I, I guess that's kind of a little more left ambiguous. But yeah, I yeah. guess that goes with the monster. I, thing. I, I think I think it's just it was just pure, uh, you know. Um, I think you're right with the monster thing. It's impounded by the fact that you have all these um, the. Uh, what a taxidermy yeah, of grandpa. Exactly. You have all these dead monsters yeah. like lion's head and, yep. and different beasts and stuff yeah. like that that are dead but still alive, kind of like the vampire. And, and and we even find out that the grandpa knew about the vampires the, the whole entire time. Yeah, he was being a little coy with yeah, his. But, but, you know, also the Frog Brothers, you know, I mean, what did they, where did they learn about vampires in comic books, right? Probably. And, but, <laughs> but, but not calling, from their parents who were no. sleeping in the background <laughs> the entire time, those hippies. I mean, yeah, like what the, what the heck? I mean, were they? even alive or what best parents ever no but but you know they learned everything they knew from comic books and those comic books even talked about the half vampires you know what i mean like the the hellhounds and the hellhounds you know and and that's the thing it you know the comic books you know so this is a world that you kind of figure that yeah they have all these you know uh missing child things on the milk cartons you know which which was a big thing back back in the 80s and stuff like that where they would put kids faces on the on the milk cartons but you know, it seemed like the people that are from this area knew, kind of know that there's vampires, you know, and you do kind of find that in the second well, one. And I think uh, one of the, the Frog Brothers were like, yeah, we, we we are pretty sure that werewolves and something else are uh, hold places in government or like yeah. they're, they're like in the mayor's office or something like that. That, that could have been kind of like putting your foot in the, the door to hold the door open for you on that one, just in case this one blew yeah, up part so two, big. And then, yeah. then you do like what, what uh, Universal's trying to do with their... Their dark universe with vampires and uh, the, Van Helsing and all this you know, kind of wh- stuff. Why the are you going to? St- yeah, what did they? They started with the Mummy first, right? Uh, was it the Mummy? I'm pretty sure it was the it Mummy. Was, they they're linked up because what are the, the? No, no, it was the Shape of Water, right? No, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, don't mention that. No, I think uh, it was originally with the Mummy with uh, Tom Cruise. And they were going to build off of that because they had different characters. Like, I think Van Helsing was in that or something. Right, right. But um, but why start Russell with the Crow's, mummy? Oh, Russell Crowe is uh, the um, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I think. Yeah. But why start with the mummy, really? For if you, you know, Why start with Tom? Tom yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I love you, Tom Cruise. Yeah. But you're a weirdo. No, he's, he's good in a lot of movies. Yeah. Like, but anyways, you know, like, it, it just... It, people in this, in, these, in this town obviously knew that there was vampires, right? And... and and so, do you think? Uh, well, the grandpa knew the grandpa, well, the grandpa and the, and the, the, frog, the, the brothers. frog brothers. Yeah, but that's an old man and two kids that have been reading too much comics. Obviously, people knew like something was going on, the murder cabin yeah. of the world, and all that. Yeah. But you know, I think it was real rare. I think Max did a pretty good job of keeping them on the leash as far as covering your tracks. And, and you would kind of think that maybe the grandpa. Um, I don't know. The grandpa seemed to have kind of a pretty wild life as it is. You know, he was just a hippie. You know, yeah. I mean, he really was a hippie. <laughs> Like the king of the hippies, or I see, something. I you see know? him like a young, a little bit of a younger age, uh, hunting vampires or something. Yeah, know? yeah, or something. I mean, because but you would kind of think that maybe he would kind of give a little warning to his grandchildren, saying, 
hey, uh, you might just be a little careful out there. But they there. would just look at him like he was crazy, right? But but no, just say, hey, look, this is the murder murder capital of yeah, the world. Yeah, he's crazy grandpa. He, he, I loved his character. He was so just eccentric and so funny. Just yeah. everything he does do is hilarious. Any, uh, do we have any cologne or any kind of smell against something? Yeah, there's some Windex, you know. Let's, <laughs> and let's Corey Hames' reaction is like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> But but it it it's a you know luckily at the end you know that here comes grandpa saving saving the day you know in the long run so I, you know I guess you got to give him a pass there you yeah. know so do you think Michael is actually interested in David and the gang or is it all about Star well I mean oh well, I mean that's how it started human nature but do you think that he got in with that gang and and, and was like you know these guys are kind of cool um uh, maybe because he bought a leather jacket and yeah I, I realized that he saw david with a leather jacket and so he's thinking okay maybe maybe star likes these guys that ride bikes with motorcycles or with leather jackets so i got to do that too well we, we we've we've lived in so many different places when we we're younger and things like that you know so we know how how it is you know you you, you come to a new town you try to try to fit in with a group mm-hmm. and you know having a girl that that apparently liked him and he liked her back you know, also helped as well, you know, yeah. but, but I think it was just more of a, you know, um, he was trying to fit in, you know yeah, what I, I think, mean? I think it was, it was like, he started off with star, but I think he was really seduced by David. I mean, you, you, you get the notion in all vampire stories that they have some type of way to seduce people into yeah. th- thinking that they're desirable and all that, right, and right, want, right. wanting to be part of their lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So that it makes them easier to kill. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a hunting technique that they have, mm-hmm. you know, they're able to put their prey into some kind of a hypnotic trance where they, 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 um, really seduced and, and really are attracted to, to not only that person or the vampire, but the lifestyle and everything. But I think it started out with star and I think, you know, he just, but then when it started to get real crazy and, and he started to get all these symptoms from the blood and everything yeah. and he was floating, that's when he was like, okay. Well, it was, pr- it was, it was so funny because, you know, they had a harder time, I think, trying to make, uh, Corey Ham's character believe in vampires than any of the other characters in them you know well the mom the, i mean but even it the, took her to the very end I, I know but in kind of in a way she kind of knew something was up you know what i mean she she wasn't just like vampires you guys are just i don't know she, i mean I at, know. at the beginning she saw the uh the missing posters and that made yeah. her freak out because she she had this look kind of like well, i've brought my kids into this place but you know you know the whole the whole movie you know they'd been yelling about this and that and michael's been going through all these things and i think they were just she was afraid that her kids were just kind of having problems adjusting to life you know the new life that they had in this new place and it's it's a you know a place that you have to be careful and back in the 80s you could do that i mean nowadays if you walked into or if you moved to a place like that you know you, you, the mom wouldn't let you go anywhere you know it'd be no. so protective and stuff but back in the 80s it's like yeah you guys go to the boardwalk yeah, the, and the street light comes on you, you come home or or you know um you know, just don't talk to strangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, uh, back then we didn't even have cell phones, and it was more, no. it was it was a lot more uh, free. It felt like, um, and, you know, the 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 blood that that Michael drank that he thought was wine. Um, I guess that was David's, but it, could it be any vampire? Because I, I would assume that it was Max's, and maybe he just said it was his to 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 cover for for Max. Well, um, <clears throat> because then he was bi- he was going to bite the mom at the end. So I was I was like, I feel like the the rules were kind of a little shaky because it's like, why is he biting the mom? Doesn't all she have to do is drink the blood and then feed? No, I, I think I think that you have to drink the blood from Max, right? Because you know. Um, 
it's I, I just I think it has to be from Max not from one of the other vampires because they're because uh, I, I, in the second one like like they have one main vampire and you know they're handing out his blood at a rave you know as a drug you know quote unquote yeah. drug or whatever and you know but it but they kill all the other vampires. So you think, okay, is all that blood from that one vampire? And it's the same universe. So, you know, the same rules should, should apply in both films, you know? Yeah. But I got a feeling, I think it has to be from like the head vampire or, you know, the one, uh, an older vampire who, who knows? I mean, you know, again, yeah, every, I think every, the between every movie, were, it changes, you know, they're there. They were a bit shaky. Um, so, um, basically, um, Michael starts to uh, get these uh, get these symptoms. He starts flying. He can't. He's see through in the mirror. He, he doesn't like light and all this kind of stuff. So he knows something's going on. He goes to Star and he asks her what's happening to her. She can't tell him. So I guess that's another rule because she kept saying, "I can't tell you. I can't tell you what's happening to you." So I don't know if that's something like like she was given a command by David or Max to not tell michael what was going on i guess it's one of those unsaid rules maybe that you have to or just, she just can't you know nobody can really talk about it or, or maybe you know, he she was embarrassed her. of it even you know yeah, like he, the, you know yeah he wouldn't believe her or something like that I don't yeah know. um so anyways he he starts uh, and he actually goes after his brother sam in the bathroom before uh nanook their uh their husky, husky uh jumps and and saves save Sam's life by attacking Michael and bites his hand which heals real quick later. I I you uh, had Thorn obviously was like a hellhound type uh, vampire dog that yeah. would protect him during the day. And he so I had to think that there was some kind of supernatural thing about the dog because usually the dog's fine but then during the day when it's protecting Max he goes nuts. I mean, I would have liked to have seen a not that I want dogs to get hurt, but I want to. See, I wanted to see a Thorn and versus Nanook fight. I mean, Nanook. Where 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 do you even get that name? It's a you know, it's an Alaskan. Uh, it's like a, oh, is it really? I think it's like kind of like an Inuit, an Inuit name, and oh, you know, okay. Huskies from Alaska okay. and all that kind of stuff. It, so, um, but yeah, so um, he finds out, and uh, and his brother Sam finds out, starts to believe. He gets the Frog Brothers. Um, they come up with a plan on how to take care of it after they decide that uh, Max uh, isn't the head vampire because they had invited him in and, and so uh, he didn't kind of uh, have any reaction to any holy water or garlic or anything like that. Um, so uh, they, they go and uh, they have this plan to go and uh, get Star and, the, and Laddie out of the cave and to kill the vampires. They go and they, uh, they kill Alex Winter's uh, vampire. Um, and... Uh, you know, Kiefer Sutherland. News you lose, right? Right. One. So he was the first one that died, and and you know, you find out he uh, he comes uh, once they kill him. Kiefer Sutherland uh, chases the rest of them out, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, uh, the Lost Boys, is the first movie that used uh, the glass um, contacts um, for for any type of movie. And um, if you remember, whenever he goes to grab and he gets burned. Um, he, it kind of closes up on his face and he has a tear that 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 falls down his face yeah and um what that was is because the the context irritated Kiefer sutherland's eyes so much it made that tear come down but joel schumacher was like you know let's that's keep it in there let's keep it in there because his vampire brother had just died and everything so the, they kind of kept it in there it was kind of a cool little moment to go with Kiefer sutherland's character yeah he, I, his thing is is like you know that's that's good movie making you know like getting schumacher to uh 
you know, to to really say things like that. You know, it, it just seems like it's kind of like a he he does stuff like that in his films. You know, I mean, I, I'm trying to think like with uh, what was it? Uh, Batman Forever. Batman, Batman Forever. Yeah. Batman and Robin. Yeah, but Bat- Batman Forever. You know, he, he is very um, what what uh, Tim Tim Burton esque. Esque of, of him, you know, it, it, the, the way he films, you know, and he, he does a lot of these kind of, uh, he does these kind of films very well, like these dark, dark productions, you know, and um, emo productions, I guess you could call emo. them. Well, I mean, like he, he had done like, you know, before this, he had done St. Elmo's Fire. Um, you know, after it, he, he'd done, you know, eight millimeter. Um, what's <laughs> the one? The phone booth. Yeah, um, so, with so Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. uh, and you know the number twenty three. I mean, he he's done some really good movies. So we don't know what happened in the Batman era. With, yeah. uh, well, I mean, it's all about the nipples. <laughs> but I mean, he was very but, Joel Schumacher. I mean, he's he, he was he was openly gay. Yeah. So you know he he came he was a, a costume designer to yeah. begin with, yeah. right? And which uh, you can tell by watching Batman movies, especially. Right. So you know, I mean, yeah, it's all about the flair and making it bright yeah. and everything like that. But he's always talking about making things sexy. We got to put nipples on the bat suit to make it sexy. You know, we got to do no sense. Have the leather and let's 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 make this uh, less of a kids movie and and do that. But uh, it's. It's a, it comes off a little funky when you whenever you're talking about Batman, right? Yeah, I mean, because these are these are these like the vampires in, in Lost Boys are kind of like the the bad hair bands, you know, representation of uh, vampires, you know. It, yeah, you notice too. Like and, and like we said, you know, he even said, you know, we got that twisted sister looking yeah. one up in the bathtub, you know. So it, exactly, you know, where where you know they got long hair and makeup, and so you look look at them from behind and you think they're a girl, and nope, nope, yeah. Nope. You know, and the reason uh, Kiefer Sutherland looked like he did, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Bill, Billy Idol was popular at the time, yeah. and they wanted white hair. So he kind of, like, popularized the mullet from the Lost Boys in the 80s. Yeah. And that's what kind of popularized it in modern times. So we can thank Kiefer Sutherland right. for that. <laughs> With a perm right. as well, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, they rescue Star. They rescue uh, uh, Laddie, and they, they take him out of the cave and take him back to the house where the, the finale is at in the, in the movie. And... Um, you know the 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 vampires come and actually uh, Edgar Frog by uh, played by Corey Feldman he actually makes the comment about how um, you know vampires can die in different ways and he lists four different ways and those four different ways are how the four different vampires went out he said yeah. they can they can go screaming they can go quiet they can implode and they can explode yeah uh, the first one they killed uh, um, Marco played by yeah. Alex Winter he he went screaming you know the other two imploded and exploded and David went quiet yeah you know and um, but it, they had this, you know, they had an all-out brawl in this in this set that was uh, that it was actually a set, it wasn't a house or anything, a set yeah. that was built. But I, I liked I liked that they had the the. It, it um, made me think like maybe that was like Prince's basement, you know, like you you saw you saw that cave, and it was like you know this is what Prince's basement probably looks <laughs> Prince's like. basement. Yeah. The flare, the, ro- and- the flare, the royal colors, the 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 enormous chair. You know, uh, I mean, it, it looked like, you know, probably Prince's basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good point. Um, I like in the house whenever they have all the taxidermy, right? So, like you were talking about, these these are monsters. These vampires yeah. are monsters. They're they're undead or dead monsters. And you look at the taxidermy around the house. I mean, that's yeah. what that is. It's dead monsters that still look alive. And so, it's kind of like that cool little... They have a lot of little nods to... to, to um, well, I think it's I think and, and you, you kind of joked about it by saying that it was like a hunter, 
you know, like like maybe his the grandpa was a hunter when he was younger or something. Yeah. But, but if you think about it, if you really think about it, you know, I mean, it kind of portrays that he is a hunter. Yeah. You know, I mean, because he, he does. And he got the main everything. kill at the end. Yeah. He got the main kill. He killed the main vampire and everything. But I mean, it just kind of showed that he was a hunter. So, I mean. I know you joked about it, but I mean, his truck was loaded up with stakes. He knew exactly what he was doing. Exactly. So, so in a way, you know, he, he, he might've been killing vampires for a long time, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, uh, but it, it was kind of cool to see him come in at the end, you know, I mean, cause he was pretty much clueless throughout the whole, the rest of the, um, uh, movie, you know, the beginning part of the movie is pretty much clueless, you know, kind of off doing his own thing. You see him every once in a while, but then at this one, you know, he comes in for the main kill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I liked, uh, did, did you see how whenever Max, uh, saw that the, when the frog brothers came in, when Max was coming to dinner, uh, they came in and he kind of put his hand over his mouth. He looked real nervous. I think he, yeah. because I mean, they had businesses on the same boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I he think he had him. assumed that yeah. these guys were kind of on to him a little bit or kind of on to well, the Well, especially with the stuff thing. they were saying, like with giving him the garlic, saying it was cheese, you know, right. he ate the garlic. And he's but like, I mean, oh. even before that, you got the sense that he kind of yeah. knew what they were. So it was cool that, the, that, that he was, uh, he was part of that as well. Right. Um, and I liked at the end whenever, um, after after uh, Kiefer Sutherland's uh, character David died, uh, Max went to go check on him, and he he pulls his face over. The vampire makeup is gone, and he shaved. I don't know if you noticed that. You know, yeah. uh, David had the kind of like a little uh, scruff goatee. Yeah, but it's completely clean shaven when he's dead, and it was kind of cool to show that because it showed that he was just this innocent teenage boy. Yeah. You know, and that he had turned into this monster and that that the right. uh, the Max character had turned him into this this rebellious monster. That's right. why there are these lost boys. They they never, you know, they lost their families, they lost everything, you know, and and that's what that life and had turned him into. And then when they yeah. died because the other ones like blew up. Right. But with him, you know, when he got staked, although he it wasn't a wooden stake, it was antler horn, so I don't get that, but Yeah. <laughs> but they they But are, you know what? I, I swear that that is not the first time that They've used that to kill vampires before. Maybe, I, I but wanna, it's always got to be something else. Is uh, some some other movie or TV show has done that before, where they've used maybe antlers they've used or something. Oh, antlers specifically. Yeah, I yeah. don't know because I mean you have wood and then you have bone marrow. I know you know antlers, so it didn't make any sense. But I mean they did say that they had a an idea to bring Kiefer Sutherland back and show that they didn't actually go through his heart and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But I'm glad that was scrapped because I like how they ended it. Well, the, and 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 I don't think you know Schumacher and uh, Donner really imagined ever having more than one of these movies just like with Goonies you know for instance he where, did though he wanted he, he, want, he, he really did he, he had a plan to make uh, Lost Girls to where it was now like like girl vampires and everything right. and that Kiefer Sutherland was now the head person making his own right. deal then why then why did they only did about. it in like three weeks then why did they film that movie and it only took it took them three weeks to do it it just kind of seems like it was like a you know, maybe something that Richard Donner had wanted to do, and uh, he was supposed to direct it, and then he was doing *Lethal yeah, Weapon*, so he went yeah. executive producer. But it's extremely, like, extremely short filming time. Again, you know, you can get that much done in when you only have three scenery areas. You know, yeah. But I, I feel like I don't, I don't know. Just, I mean, I know he said he wanted to make multiples, but it just didn't seem like it was the quality of expecting a second film. You know, I mean, and we know that, you know, probably Corey Feldman is the one that pushed, really pushed that second film. I mean, you know, 
probably oh the the the, yeah. the remake uh, yeah probably, i mean him. he was they they probably came to him and said like we want to do this and everything although he wasn't the main character for it so who for knows? the sequel yeah the, no yes he was two. i yeah. thought it was the the, the no. dude and the girl because they were brother and sister right and they no. had met vampires no. and stuff Fel- feldman is the uh uh, he is. I the think main. you're thinking of part three because I remember this this guy and this, I, I just watched and the girl it like from the OC. I, I just watched I it like I'll, an I'll hour or two look, ago. I have to look at that because because the the second one um it, it's called the second one's called the tribe and the third one's called the thirst and that one I know Corey Feldman's the main character in maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what I ended I think up doing you did. Because Be- because that's when his brother came in. Because in the tribe, it was just Corey Feldman. Well, his brother was in the third one too, or in this one as well. Yeah, you know? but he it was just like in the second one, it had to do with this this dude and this girl who she was from the OC that she had replaced Misha Barton when Misha Barton was killed on the OC. Autumn Reeser, and her and her brother came to town, and they both kind of got into this vampire deal and everything. But maybe that's what I'm thinking then. But probably I, you probably skipped part two. They were they were well probably. For good not that it matters they, yeah, but yeah. They, they were pretty uh and the third one was supposed to be better anyway so it's probably good that you watched that. yeah but um, it just it just doesn't seem like it was um they were expecting to have a part two but i mean i guess they were i mean it it, it um i know jason patrick wouldn't have been back for it most of the people wouldn't have been back for it. keith sutherland apparently was was willing to do it but well if you think about it you know nowadays probably the the most successful person from that film would have to be Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, you know, at, nowadays, yeah, you know without what I'm a saying? doubt. You know, I mean, he's done so many more pictures, so many more TV shows. Um, that's not to say like it's any more than Diane Weist and uh, and um, no, because that's the Herman middle of her did. career. Yeah, you know like, where that's beginning back with then that they were. Boy, yeah. yeah, but up until now, yeah, Kiefer's probably done more. He's more iconic, and he's done his. Iconic roles, TV shows, you know, yeah. even Stand By Me. Yeah, and if you think about it, like a lot of those other actors really didn't do much afterwards. I mean, you know, you had the Corys, they had their run throughout the 80s, you know, and they were and all steady workers, 90s. but nothing big, crazy no, Hollywood nothing, productions or no, anything. No, no, no. Where, where, you know, like with Kiefer, you know, definitely. I mean, he, he that guy's done probably better. I, I would have to say he's probably done better in TV shows than he has done in movies in, in, in the long run, you know. But yeah, he has 24 and Designated Survivor exactly. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, those are those two main big roles. I mean, I think he'll always be remember, remembered for Jack Bauer, 24, which is like maybe. one of the best protagonists of all time. Yet he is he is just the best like villain of uh, you know when his yeah. looks and his voice. I mean, he's just such a good bad guy. And exactly. So, exactly. Um, do you know uh, what's what? When you think of this movie, what word do you think of the most? What is said most often in this in this movie? Hairspray? No. Um. <laughs> when you think of this movie, what 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 word or name is said so many times in this movie? Uh, boys. Michael. Oh yeah. You know how like whenever you think of you like, Michael, Michael. Yeah. You know? And Michael uh, this, Michael that. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, the Michael is uh, there's there's more uh, instances of the word Michael than any other word in this movie. It's something like 130 times uh, Mike the word Michael is said. Um, so it really kind of ingrains into you who the main character is, and and, and I, all I, that I'd have to stuff. disagree on that. I think it was Corey Haim. To be honest with you, I, I felt like he was the main character. This, I think there's probably film. an argument to be made that they're they're equally main characters. You know, you have um, uh, Michael on the vampire front, and you have uh, Corey Hames, uh, Sam on the home front. You know, dealing with his mom and the Frog Brothers and Max and all that kind of stuff, and then you know them coming together to, I, to I, fight both of them on the, I, on the same 
I want to say that you know. I want to say, I, I mean, Michael, that was one of the, the darling kids in Peter Pan. So, I mean, right. that was obviously meant to be. Right, you right. Know, but at the, same ti- at the same time, you know, mainly the the main character, especially during that period, you know, the main character is not going to be bad. You know what I mean? Like, like the main character, in your way of thinking, you know, saying that Michael's the main character, you know, he was also a vampire from, from almost the beginning of the film you know right throughout the whole entire film and he was a vampire and slowly changing and so he was kind of at a weak point you know what i mean like yeah he, he wasn't one of the original vampires there so he's still learning so he's got a very weak character where Corey Haim, even though he's younger you know he's the good guy you know he's the the knight in shining armor kind of thing you know i mean he's he's the hero of the film you know and so usually right. the hero is the the main character you know that's the way i look at it yeah um, I guess you can go either way on that one. Um, but uh, I think they did a really good job uh, uh, fleshing out all the characters. You know, the the two brothers, um, Sam and uh, and Michael. I mean, you really they spent a lot of time together to make sure you got that feeling that they were brothers and everything. And for for as many characters, you know, there's you know there's Lucy, Sam, Michael, Star. Laddie, uh, the Frog Brothers, there's Max, you know, there's the four vampires, three of them don't really get that much, I mean, Grandpa, for as many characters as they have, I mean, you're a third of the way through the movie, and everybody's been fleshed out really well, and you get the sense of who their characters are, like I said, besides the three other vampires who were just kind of there to be killed, um, they, you know, and there to, to, to terrorize everybody and everything, you know, everybody else is very uh, fleshed out. And the way that they, the, the actors that they got, the writing, the script, I mean, just everything was done so well. This is definitely, I think, the best vampire movie of all time. I can't agree with you just because what's your favorite I mean you got Buffy you think that's your favorite I know that's your favorite well it's like your favorite vampire show and you love the show but you would say you would like that the Buffy movie more than you like the Lost Boys yeah yeah I really do and and and, you know with Buffy it's a lot more comedic in there you know what I mean but it's oh yeah definitely it it just Paul Rubens for for God's sake I mean I mean I and I (laughs) Herman yeah but even then you know it's it's it was it's a little bit of comedy but I I like that kind of vampire David Arquette yeah, that was kind of funny. He lost his arm. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, we got to do Buffy. We do. We really do. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to say my my favorite vampire in a vampire movie is gonna have to be like I don't know. I, I really liked uh, Interview with Vampire. You know that yeah. those those vampires in general. I mean because. I, I like when they go into the history of the vampire, you know, like like the vampire that lived 400 years ago, 500 years, or was born 500 years ago. And it Nosferatu. Goes through, yeah, it goes through history up, up, up to when they're, you know, alive today. You know what I mean? What and, was the one with uh, um, James Woods in it? Remember he was a vampire hunter back in the Oh, it was, I think it was called like Vampire. It was or, like Dracula or something yeah, like Dracula that. Yeah, Dracula 2000 or... No, that was the one with the dude from House. Uh, no, that, that's right, Mike, Mike Epps. Yeah. Um, uh, not not Dracula. It was, uh, I want to say it was Vampires or... Yeah, it was probably just called Vampires or something like that. Yeah. I'll look it up, but... Yeah. Yeah, that one, I, I, I kind of enjoyed that one because he was just, he was he was a jerk in that one, and he was like the protagonist. It had one of the Baldwin brothers, right? 
Uh, yes, it did. Yeah, it was the the, the bigger Baldwin, the the fatter Baldwin. <laughs> oh, so not Alec. No, not well. He, they're all fat now, but except yeah. for Stephen, the I guess the younger one, he's kind of uh, a lot skinnier than these guys. But these other guys, the other Baldwins are fat. But uh, <laughs> this this was fat. like he was known as the big Baldwin, I guess. You know, because he was like seemed like he was taller than all of them. But he was in that movie with uh, James Woods too. Yeah, it was called Vampires, and it was Daniel Baldwin. He's Daniel the, Baldwin. He, he's, there the, we go. he's the bigger one, and yeah. that also had Thomas Ian Griffith, who we mentioned in our last episode, last couple episodes, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. He yeah. was the the little Terry Silver rich dude that uh, that made uh, Daniel's life miserable. But yeah. I thought that was a good movie. I always liked that movie. I hadn't seen it in forever, but I always liked that movie. And I know, you know, James Woods is kind of persona non grata in Hollywood nowadays because of his views and everything. Oh, he's but, awesome. But yeah, so I mean, that's uh, I like those movies. Uh, Interview with Vampire, um, even Queen of the Damned. Um, well, just I liked Queen of the Damned because of the soundtrack. The soundtrack. You know, I mean, amazing. Jonathan Davis wrote that whole soundtrack, yeah. and stupid record company wouldn't let him um, wouldn't let him do all the songs because the soundtrack was coming out on a different record company. So he had to get people like disturbed, disturbed, uh, dude from disturbed and other people to sing his songs. Um, but the only, you can hear him sing in the movie, yeah, uh, which is really cool and everything. He's the voice of Lestat, uh, when Lestat singing. And it also had Aaliyah and that, you know, her last film appearance was yeah. in queen of the damned. Crazy. Everything. It was, it was an all right movie. No, it, was it wasn't. Pretty, no, it, it wasn't. I, I thought it was an all screen. right movie. It, it definitely wasn't the best. I'm not a huge fan of Stuart, uh, Stuart Townsend. It, it, um, it made me think of a of a, um, a musical. It was like a Interview with the Musical or yeah, something. I don't, you know? and I don't I like mean, musicals. I will say the only musical I really like is Sweeney Todd, but but I don't like yeah. musicals besides that. I, I just it, to me it was a musical. You know what I mean? Because like, the, the story was musical. Go- <laughs> yeah, the story was stupid, and that even even you know getting different characters to play you know Lestat and. I just I I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I, I liked I love the soundtrack though. That the soundtrack was amazing, but yeah. that was about it. So nothing beats "Cry Little Sister" in my opinion. That's got to be one of the, if not the greatest uh, songs to come from a movie. I'm sure. Uh, I have, I'm have sure you I seen can, "Say Anything"? Have I'm you sh- seen "Say Anything"? Yeah, but the, those movie those those I mean, it's movies even got a scene that goes. I know, with but it. those movies had songs that were from outside of the movie that they used in the movie. This one was written specifically okay. for the movie. So I'm talking about songs yeah, that were written be, specifically yeah, for yeah. the movie. It's got to be the best song to come out of a movie. No, um, Ninja Turtles two. Okay, Vanilla Ice. Yo. It's the green machine gonna rock the town without being seen. Have you ever seen a turtle get down? <laughs> ninja, 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 rap, ninja. That ninja. was the greatest a movie a song written for a movie ever, Matthew. You know how much that's hated by a lot of TMNT care. fans. I love every movie. I, 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 I actually. <laughs> Secret of you, the you don't is, go watch is those probably mo- my favorite yeah and you don't go watch those movies at least Tide was the original yeah and you don't go watch those movies thinking that you're going to get anything serious out of a Teenage of, Mutant Ninja Turtle okay. and especially if you know going in from yeah. the trailers that Vanilla Ice exactly. is going to be in it and everything but, but yeah I know I mean I, I give you that I, I, I jest but you know that that song you know Cry Little Sister it was just uh, it, it is a pretty darn good song and especially if it's written since it's written for you know, the movie, you know, it was just it was really good. Do you think this movie would have worked without any one particular person? Star, really? Well, you mean she could be interchangeable? Um, oh, I, oh no, I think like, the, like as the character like or the actor. The, like what I'm saying is, would this movie have worked if they would have taken away any one particular actor 
and it wouldn't have been as good. My opinion is, I think if Kiefer Sutherland yeah, hadn't I, been I, in the absolutely. role of David, I don't think it would have been as good because he's yeah. just so juicy and, and 80s yeah. menacing. You know, he played, you know, like uh, uh, maybe a le- uh, it's funny to say, even though he's a vampire, but a least sadistic person than he did in Stand By Me <laughs> when he, you know, yeah. with the body and the knife and everything, and he was going to try to kill these kids and everything. But, you know, uh, it just I don't think it with his voice and the way he, he the way he looked and his his little comments and smirks and everything I I, I I'm sure we would have liked it to a point but I don't know if it would have worked as well without him in, or in or really role. Corey Feldman to be honest with you you know I mean because he played he played it you know it's supposed to be somewhat serious but it he was, was good color for the he movie. was he was but you know getting you couldn't get somebody that would play that role probably as well or even Corey Haim because. Corey Haim was just so talented in this movie. I mean, just you have these little things like the the little comments. What was it? Well, my favorite, uh, <laughs> my favorite lines. Uh, you know, there's some uh, there's some cussing in the in this line, but um, it's 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 just as funny. He goes, "My own brother, uh, a vampire." Oh, you wait till mom finds out. <laughs> and it's just so like so what like a, a 13 year old, 14 year old would say like, yeah. "Oh, you wait till mom finds out. Like, yeah. I'm gonna tell on you." When his brothers become like this undead monster, and that's that's the well, best he, response you can he, come out with. And even you know, also the head vampire too. Um, just. They, they made him so, you know, like, you know, gave him the dad fashion look. You know what I mean? So it was just, you, you knew he, something was up with him, but you didn't quite know. We're talking about first. Max or yeah. uh, Edward Herman? Yeah, yeah. You just didn't really know what was up with him, but he played that character so well. You know, just a, you know, bow, you know, bow tie wearing, suit tying wearing, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Wears his pants around his waist like normal people, yeah, and, and the story you know. structure—you uh, you don't even realize until the end that you 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 haven't seen this guy out in the daylight. You know, you exactly. usually see him in nighttime exactly. scenes, but it kind of glosses over well enough to where you kind of don't pick up on it. Um, and and even if you do, um, it gives you other things that maybe he's not because you know he those those the the, the David and the people are messing with him as well, yeah. and he's kind of like looking around like he doesn't know what's going on. And uh, whenever they throw the the holy water on him and garlic and everything, and he can see himself in the mirror and everything, so yeah. you know it, it it's enough to throw you off um, to where you know by the end of it when when you kill David and you know there's about thirty seconds where it's like well he's not turning you're like okay well that Max guy yeah. then is the vampire and you kind of wonder if if they're if the, the way that they made Max character you know how he was how they explained how the holy water didn't affect him and the garlic affect him. You know, you kind of believe, you kind of wonder, start to wonder, you're like, is that because they were like, holy cow, there's a bunch of plot holes here? Or... Well, no, they, remember, they he explained it. it. He explained it, and that's what I had said earlier, is that... Uh, no, no, I mean, I get that. I get what you were saying and, and, and how he explained it, but, you know, you don't know if that, maybe at the end of the film, they're, they're like, like, oh, okay, crap, well, we, we got to explain that. Yeah, we got all these plot holes here. Let's, uh... Well, uh, you invited him in, so you, now you have no power yes, over him. So and I, now I, he, yeah, you have no weapon. And for all we know, that could be, you know, that could have been what happened, or for all we know, that was just yeah. the original plan from the get-go, but Maybe it's that's still, part of vampire mythology, I, too. I don't know. Whatever. So... Anyways, um, we really enjoyed this movie. Uh, we recommend you guys watching it. Uh, sadly, um, Joel Schumacher passed away uh, a couple months ago in June. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we were looking at some of his movies, and this is definitely our favorite of his. Um, so we wanted to do this, uh, this this episode on The Lost Boys. Um, 
if you get a chance to watch it, uh, definitely give it a, a, a look. See, um, I think you you'll be hooked by that first song, that first or, opening song. Or, or if you've you know you haven't seen it in 25, 30 years, you know, uh, go watch it. It holds yeah, up. It really does. It holds up. It's it's not like this, an old movie like uh, uh, you know uh, R- RoboCop or certain other ones that may may not hold up as well uh, nowadays. I think it's structured and paced. Uh, and and edited and everything's done very well with it um, um, and, and it's aged very well because I still watched it and got a lot of enjoyment out of it today and, and if it's not in your movie collection it probably should be it, it really should right. be it should be one of those movies you know the great great uh, top 100 movies of all time you know that should be in your collection and same with Cry Little Sister that should be on your playlist as well Love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, definitely go live, uh, give it a listen. Uh, great movie. Um, we really enjoyed it. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can find us at uh, the Post Credit Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Our email is uh, uh, thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll uh, see you next time. Throw me a bone.